Well, the name of our podcast may have changed slightly, but the Lakers most certainly have not. Welcome in. Welcome back, everybody. And let us introduce you to the sports ethos world. We are no longer hoop ball. We are now sports ethos. And this is, of course, the Ethos Lakers podcast. Now, easy way to remember it, of course. My name's Ethan. Ethos is kind of sounding like Ethan. So if that's a mnemonic device that helps you and maybe in the process helps take your mind off of the Lakers a little bit, actually, that's how we'll roll. As we open up the show today on a solo ride of the Ethos Lakers podcast, it's going to take even me a little bit of time to get used to, but I love it. First of all, I think it's very heady. Second of all, I love the fact that it's just we're now more encompassing than just basketball because we've been about more than basketball for a long time. And if you've listened to this podcast, especially if you've been a listener of mine over the course of my career in and out of NBA media, you know that I have a very certain style. As we open this podcast, I have so many things that I want to say about this Lakers team. I have so many thoughts that are all in constant competition with one another about how this club could potentially move forward. But after coming home from Mexico, staying up entirely too long to watch this three overtime disaster of a Lakers game that was, I was in Mexico all of Thanksgiving week, was up at 1.30 Los Angeles time to get back to the States yesterday, obviously wound up staying up much later than expected for that game. I, I, I am honestly without words because the Kings gave the Lakers every opportunity to win this game. At one point, I was sitting here watching this game like many of you saying, well, this is the best worst game of the season, right? Because nobody wanted to win. Both offenses were horrendous. We'll get into all of that in terms of what the Lakers look like. But right now, we're just taking a little bit of the macro view. And second of all, the Lakers just, you know, this is a game they should have won outright. The Kings not playing two of their best players in Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes. Lakers have everybody available. By the way, Austin Reeves, Frank Vogel, who said Austin Reeves is available for this game. Finally back. He'll play. DNP, coach's decision. Reeves, Rondo, and Bazemore. Bazemore has been glued to the bench. But all three of those guys, DNP, coach's decision. We'll get into Frank Vogel's coach's decisions along the way. Thank God we're entering the holiday season because now Festivus is right around the corner. And I got the pole in hand. I'm airing my grievances loudly for anyone to hear at this point when it comes to this Lakers team. Because in the past, ladies and gentlemen, I have sat here and preached patience. I have told you that the Lakers are going to be capable of figuring this thing out. We are now more than one-fourth into the season, 21 games in. The Lakers are a sub-500 team. You are what your record says you are. This is the reality of this Lakers team. They're not good. And I even hesitate to use the word team, okay? Because for, for a team to be a team, a connected unit, you have to operate together to have any level of cohesion or success or ability to move forward. You have to have the ability to persist and come together for the sum of the parts to be, to be greater, or excuse me, for the whole to be greater than the sum of the parts. This is what you have to be able to do. The Lakers are out there every night playing one-on-one, on-one-on-one, on-one-on-one. They do not play as a team. They do not play together. Everything is difficult. They are the opposite of work smarter, not harder. And with that, with a poor effort, with poor execution, 
it is a recipe for frustration and eventually disaster. The Lakers are just not playing well, period. End of story. I mean, really, in this game, for anyone to sit here and say last night's game was on Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook doesn't fit with this team and da-da-da-da, blah-da-da-da-da. Guys, Russell Westbrook was the best player on the floor last night for the Lakers. 51 minutes from Westbrook, shot above 50% from the field, 7 of 9 from free throw line, 2 of 4 from distance, had a triple-double, 29, 10, and 11, only had three turnovers. Russell Westbrook was not the problem. How about Anthony Davis, who was minus 16 in his 49 minutes? You look at the box score, Anthony Davis had 23 points, 8 rebounds, 3 steals, 4 blocks. You say, okay, defensively, he was fine enough. Especially, but this this is a triple overtime game. Shot sub 50% from the field. Couldn't hit a three to save his life. He and LeBron, two of 18 combined from three-point line in this loss. Missed three free throws. He and LeBron missed six free throws between them. That's the game right there. Minus 16 for AD. Worst mark on the Lakers. Not even close. I was not impressed with his performance. I was not impressed with his effort. LeBron, 2 of 13 from three-point land. Man, what are you doing shooting 13 three-pointers? Yeah, 37 and 11, okay, but you had seven turnovers. You shot 40% from the field. And you shot 13 three-pointers and you only made two? Dude, this is not a recipe for success. The Lakers had four guys who had at least 20 points last night in this game, including Malik Monk, who basically couldn't miss, wound up playing 44 minutes in this game. When Frank Vogel forgot that he had substitutes down the stretch in the fourth quarter and in all three overtimes, just kind of forgot that anyone else could be out there playing. Malik Monk was one of four players with at least 20 points for the Lakers. Do you know how many such players the Kings had in this game to score 141 points? Do you know how many such players the Kings had in this game? They had two. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. They had two, Buddy Heald and Darren Fox. And that's what you would have expected. That's you, what you would have expected. But they're the only guys that have more than 20 points this game for the Kings. And the Lakers, or excuse me, the Kings have more than 70 points from the bench. Including 13 from Marvin Bagley. Dusted off Marvin Bagley. 13-7-4 on the Lakers. Perfect shooting from the field. From the free throw line is 35 minutes, only one turnover. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Tyrese Halliburton had a great game as well. But, I mean, jeez. Mo Harkless only played eight minutes in this game, and then he went out with injury. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Terrence Davis fouled out of this game for the Kings. The, the, the Kings gave the Lakers every and any opportunity to win this game, and the Lakers just couldn't take it. The Lakers were up by 13 points in the fourth quarter, wound up blowing the lead. Up by seven points in overtime, wound up blowing the lead. I mean, it's inexcusable. It's poor effort. It's poor execution. It's poor coaching. It's poor everything on every level. The first six minutes of this game, we sat here and we all joked and we said, ha, 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 Thanksgiving hangover. Everybody's moving a little bit slowly on both sides. Okay, they'll pick it up. I mean, this is pathetic. This is absolutely pathetic. 
I wish I could sit here and be more cheery. Lakers had four guys with 20 or more. Kings had two. Lakers shot 50% from the field with 15 threes. Lakers were plus two on the glass overall. They were plus one at the free throw line. But the Kings had seven more offensive rebounds with 18 more field goal attempts. Lakers took 102 shots in this game. The Kings took 120. I mean, that's incredible. Basically, same amount of free throws. Basically, same amount of three-pointers. 18 more shot attempts for the Kings in this game. It's just like, how and why does this team play like an entitled group? I don't understand this mentality of, well, we'll just be able to turn it on. Or we're not going to try new things. Or we're not going to play in the pick and roll despite having so many different combinations potentially just in the starting lineup itself. Why is DeAndre Jordan starting at center ever? I mean, I feel like I am just staring at a black hole of space with this team. We knew what they were signing up for upon the acquisition of Russell Westbrook in terms of the team construct. But this was the worst loss, the worst game of the Lakers season. And that is really saying something at this juncture. Because there have been some ugly ones. And even the Lakers wins haven't been easy. This is, this is the most frustrating part of it for me with this team. It's just nothing comes easy. There are there are moments, there are spurts where you say, there you go. Why don't you keep playing like that? Keep attacking the basket. Keep putting the onus on the referees like they were saying on the broadcast last night. Stu, my boy, Stu Lance, just, you know, just put the onus on the referees. And instead they settled from jump shots so many times. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's so hard to get behind this approach. I don't understand what is going on right now. I want to know what the Lakers do in practice. I'm not going to sit here and say they don't care, but the effort, the effort makes it look like they don't care. And that's, that's just as bad. That's just as bad for this team. It is so frustrating as someone who cares about the results of this team, who is invested, any fan is emotionally invested in this group. And you sit here and you scratch your head because you say, the talent is there. In terms of the individual players, the talent is there. And even though the fit is imperfect, the effort needs to be better. Lakers fans also have a different psychological baseline than most teams. We know that. But I think at this point in the process, a smart Lakers fan sits there and is okay with losing if the Lakers just lose, right? Like, it's not the result. It's how we arrived at the result. It's the process. And we talk about that constantly. Emphasize the process, not the results. And it's the process because what do the Lakers do in practice? I mean, thank God, selfishly, guys, thank God the Mets had such a great day in free agency. Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna, Starling Marte with more to come. 
okay? Thank God, because at least it helped to offset my emotional investment in watching this game and having to be consumed by that energy. I wound up eating dinner late. I wound up staying later. I wound up staying up too late. Like, and normally, who cares about those things? But the frustration of watching this team, it's like you knew what was going to happen before it happened. You knew Buddy Heald was going to tie the game not once but twice. You knew where they were going to go. And the Lakers just couldn't, they couldn't cut it off. They, they smelled blood in the water and they said, ah, it's fine. The shark's not coming. It's just this, this idea of sitting on your heels where so many people are hustling every day in real life let alone in terms of their passion for this team, hustling, busting their ass, trying their best. And to watch that unfold on a stage, oh man. That's why the ire of fans is so strong right now. That's why fans are so frustrated. That's why everybody's saying, well, Frank Vogel's on the hot seat, right? Got the report, of course, this morning. Frank Vogel's on the hot seat. Okay, great. Fire Frank Vogel, what's it gonna do? It's not going to fix the roster, right? Like Dwight Howard said pregame, hey, we haven't gotten two of our big additions from the offseason yet, Trevor Ariza and Kendrick Nunn. And it's not that he's wrong, but if Trevor Ariza is that important to this team, I mean, come on, man. You have three future, no-doubter Hall of Famers in the starting lineup, another two coming off the bench, another three coming off the bench. And you're going to tell me Trevor Ariza or Kendrick Nunn are that important? No disrespect to those guys because I think they will help. But give me a break. That is not what you want to hear. LeBron and AD in the loss, 19 of 47 from the field. 2 of 18 from three-point line. 13 of 19 from the free-throw line. Where are you at, guys? Where are you at? In big minutes, man. Really just disappointed. I mean, really. There isn't a lot more to say with this team right now, unfortunately. Everybody sit here saying, oh, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, they're going to do this. They're not going to do anything. What are they going to do? They're not trading LeBron. They're not trading Anthony Davis. What are they going to do? Trade Russell Westbrook for a sack of peanuts? Again, Russell Westbrook was the best player on the floor for them last night. Like, this, this idea that the Lakers can just improve on the trade market out of nowhere is, is garbage. It's not reality. So, it's just, I wish I had better news to share. I wish I had a more optimistic update. I wish I had a better perspective on this team right now. But who the hell knows? This team is capable of being successful if they decide together, juntos Lakers that they want to be better. But if they sit here and say, eh, I don't really give a shit. We'll see how we, how we play individually. We know it's imperfect and it'll probably change after this year once again, right? Like I think Rob Palenka has done a, a, a really nice job during his tenure, but he's changed the roster considerably over the last three years, year over year. So it doesn't do anyone any favors. And it's hard to maintain that way. Now the Lakers, like the t- like a lot of the Western Conference, believe it or not, the Western Conference is very top-heavy. 
Most of the Western Conference is at or under 500. So the Lakers are still in the playoff picture. But to, to, to lose to a Kings team that is now 8-12 after this, after this win against the Lakers. I mean, it's just, man, it is just some, makes you feel some type of way. It really makes you feel some type of way. So as this Lakers team moves forward, they're going to have to decide what kind of effort they're going to give. And if it's going to be inconsistent, so are they. That's, that's how it's going to go. It's very simple. Very simple, very straightforward. Hopefully they decide to show up. Because largely this season they have not. And it just feels like the other day we got a quote, right? That Avery Bradley said, hey, the Lakers can't just basically turn it on and turn it off. There has to be consistent effort. Like, it's about time someone said that publicly. But the fact that it's Avery Bradley, like, that really bothers me. How are you going to let Avery Bradley talk for the team? This upcoming schedule versus Isaiah Stewart, LeBron's best friend, in the next game, versus the Kings, versus the Clippers, versus the Celtics even, Grizzlies probably without John Morant, OKC, Orlando, Dallas, Minnesota. Man, that's a good time for Lakers to turn around their season, if it's going to happen. It's going to get late before it gets too much longer. And down the stretch, Lakers got a tough schedule. In February, they play good teams. Lakers got to decide how it's going to be for the rest of the year because it's going to be right now. They're a quarter into the season. There's no more time for bullshit. It's very straightforward. I put the onus on LeBron. I put the onus on AD. Russell Westbrook has been better recently. Sorry. Like, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. But he's been a lot better recently. And I know he's an imperfect fit with this team, but this team is an imperfect fit with each other as well. Westbrook has not been the problem recently. A lot of people fixate on the turnovers, which I, I understand and I agree with to an extent. But in the last four, four or five games, even six, seven games, that, that really hasn't been the problem. And to a certain extent, I forget who it was, so forgive me if you're listening to this and you're on the Twitter sphere and you know who it is, please give them credit. But I saw somebody basically say something to the effect of, look, Russell Westbrook's basically the only creator on his team right now who's doing it, trying to do it consistently. So turnovers are a byproduct of, uh, of that. I think it might have even been our own Dan. Our own Dan Bespris might have been. Or in conversation with someone. So Dan, if you know, let me know. But Westbrook has not been the problem. Not recently. It's been, the, it's been a lot more than that. That's all I got. I know that was a lot of emotion. I know that was a lot of intensity, but I felt like it had to be said. All right. And I told you guys about the rebrand that I'm super excited for. I hope you guys are excited for it too, because it's pretty exciting and something new and something for everybody. And you got to remember now when you, when you typing in that hoop ball address, you got to stop yourself and say, Nope, that's not it. Sports ethos. And on Twitter, we're at now at ethos Lakers. Again, ethos sounds like Ethan, easy way to remember it. All right. Hopefully the Lakers decide to wake up, turn around their season, get back to 500, use it as a launching pad. But I feel like we've said that before between me and JC both. So at this point, more than 25% of the season into it, Lakers got to show us that they're not who they have proven that they are. And until next time, I'm out.